Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. 58, that's actually mind-blowing. When I just said it out loud then, 58 episodes of this podcast is out there right now. That's insane because this is supposed to be a side project to Skip the End, which is my main movie podcast. And now we're already at nearly 60 episodes of Mark and Me. It is mind-blowing. And as you may have read last week, I've decided to make this a weekly podcast. Now, that's not going to be forever because Skip the End takes a lot of work and we release two podcasts a month. Now I'm going to be releasing four podcasts of Mark and Me, so that's six podcasts a month, as well as holding a full-time job down and living life as a normal adult. So it's quite a lot on my plate, but for the next few months, and that's not going to be forever... I will be delivering a weekly episode of the Mark and Me podcast for you all. Now on today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Chris Laporto. He is the lead singer of the band Can't Swim, and a band that I'm not going to claim that I was there at the start and I've loved them all my life, but they're a band that I discovered late last year, and since I've been listening to them non-stop. I think they're absolutely fantastic, they're one of the best bands to come out of New Jersey, and I'm thrilled that they're going to be on today's episode. Now as you know, I always like to talk about the previous guest, and I was joined by Tracy Morgan, a very close friend that I grew up with. And when I put the episode out, obviously there's been quite a few big names recently, like Billy Mitchell, we've had people like Joe Cornish, Ricky Tomlinson. I was a bit worried because it wasn't a fact that I didn't think the interview was going to be very good because I have a lot of faith in Tracy and I'm absolutely buzzing by her book that she's just released. But I just thought, are people still going to tune in for the less known people? And you guys proved me completely wrong. You're absolutely awesome as always. And you all tuned in. The numbers were absolutely fantastic. It's probably actually been the episode that's had the biggest response in the way of so much interaction. I've seen so many people going on Amazon and buying the book and then posting pictures of them reading it or ordering it off Amazon and all these different things. And it's it's actually quite flattering to see. And I felt really humble to see all this because Tracy's such a good friend and she's worked so hard for so many years. And I know because we've been talking since the episode came out, she's been blown away by the response. So a huge thank you to everyone that tuned in. An even bigger thank you to everyone that then went and invested their money in the new book, Searching for Candy. And again, thanks for supporting this podcast. It really does blow my mind every day how many people listen. So as I just said a couple of moments ago, today's music, and I'm going to be talking to Chris from the band Can't Swim. A great interview, really positive, and I can't wait to get to it. So let's just do that. Here's me and Chris from the band Can't Swim talking all things music. So Chris, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Thanks for having me. So I believe you're currently on tour, but what I want to do for the listeners out there right now is take it right back to the start. At what age were you when you were kind of getting into the music scene? Was there bands that you were watching as a young age or certain albums that made you want to be in a band? Uh, Yeah, certainly. Um, My Uncle Mike was the the catalyst or the the reason why I found an interest in music. Um, he played drums in, in bands and I would go to my grandma's house and I would hear them playing in the basement and it sparked my interest. So yeah, I guess in the beginning it was a very like, um, punk rock or like hardcore bands that kind of, uh, got me into the whole thing. But then when high school turned around and, um, yeah, I guess I just listened to, what everybody was listening to and I started playing in my own band and pretty much haven't stopped since <laughs> can you remember on those first kind of gigs you went to where you just thought to yourself this is what I want this is in my blood I need to be on stage you know actually it was funny I, I 
I didn't have like an older brother or anything, so I didn't really go to shows until I played one. Like I started playing in a local band, and we were practicing and stuff in, in basements. And I remember them coming and tell me like, "Oh, you know, we have a show." And I was like, "A show? Like, what do you mean? Like Madison Square Garden? Like a rock show? Like how does this work?" And then we went into like this little you know teen center, like um, you know, like little hall. And played a show, and I remember being like, "Oh, that's that's what it's like." I had no clue, and yeah, I think right from then I realized it was for me. I loved like the the community of it and the camaraderie between the other musicians, and and I just loved playing. You know, I, I, it was on the drums, but I just loved like you know sitting there and, and working on stuff with other musicians. It it uh, it all seemed very appealing to me at a young age. So when you were obviously starting out as a band and you were kind of getting your your you're kind of establishing your own sound, was there was there other albums you used to listen to where you were like, I want to sound like this, or were you trying the whole time to be your own kind of individual band? So with Can't Swim, it was my first leap into songwriting. I never wrote lyrics. I never wrote any type of melody. I was just always strictly the drummer. So in the very beginning of Can't Swim, it was more of a learning curve i was just trying to figure out chords on the guitar and 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 learn how to sing and and practice vocals and stuff so i don't think there was much of a conscious effort to be like hey i want to sound like x y and z yeah um but yeah there's been obviously themes in my life just through interests of music uh the cure being from your lovely country. The Cure was a very uh, big influence on me. I still listen to them probably every day. Um, tons of things. Yeah, punk rock, more like Alkaline Trio. I've probably seen Alkaline Trio like 20 times in my life. I've always loved like the gothic aesthetic and, and just how honest of a songwriter he was. So I think those those elements definitely creep into Can't Swim. If it's conscious or not conscious, it definitely gets in there somehow. So, But in the very beginning, it was more just like, how do I write a song? And that's how Can't Swim started. So then when you wrote enough songs where you could have your album, your debut, Fail You Again, was actually produced by um, Danny, who's in the band, right? Yes, sir. That is true. So a lot of bands out there usually for their debut, probably don't want the responsibility of having to produce an album themselves. They probably want to have someone else, you know, take control and not be part of the band. Was that quite a tough one, having someone in the band with so much pressure on them? You know, to be fair, it's on the contrary, in my opinion. It was, um, you know, I, I mostly write the songs and demo them myself, and I couldn't think highly, more highly of, of Danny. I think he's incredibly talented and, and I feel very lucky to make music with him. So when that became an option, you know, when Danny reached out his hand and was like, hey, like, you know, I love these demos you're, you're doing. I, I would love to produce them and do this to them. I, I, I was just completely uh, excited and, and and very confident in, in Danny's ability. So I, I agree, and I, I definitely see where you're coming from, that it does seem to add some sort of stress to it, but it was nothing but the opposite. Danny's very easy to work with, but he's also um, has a lot to say, and he has a lot to offer my demos, and I think it really has become the sound of Can't Swim. I couldn't imagine doing it with somebody else because I think what makes our sound, quote-unquote, is 
me coming up with an idea, Danny and the rest of the guys manipulating it, and um, that's that's the that's the final result. So it was it was lovely. It it uh, we did the EP that way. We did fail you again that way, and then we even did the newest record that way. So it's always been in house. It's always been can't swim making the songs. And you don't think that's ever going to change? You know, I have no idea. If you told me two or three years ago I would be doing a band that I was a singer of, I would call you crazy. So I don't know what the next record uh, will sound like. I certainly don't know what the process will be, but I, I love working with Danny. And, um, yeah, who knows? But I guess we'll, we'll find out in a year or so. <laughs> so you just mentioned, obviously, your latest album, This Too Won't Pass, which is produced, obviously, uh, again by Danny, and it sounds great. But for me as a listener, uh, on the other side, it sounds like an album that's a lot more focused, and I mean that with full respect. When you try to kind of follow up that second album, you know, every band, every musician always says it's it's kind of hard because it, they've, you've laid your foundation, but did you find it a bit more challenging, or was it kind of... Were you very confident off the back of your debut? You know, I had a lot of songs. I had a lot of demos. I sent Danny way too much material. I think I sent him like 20, 23 or 24 demos. Um, and yeah, to answer your question, I think it was a little bit of both. I uh, obviously wanted to make it great. I knew it was very important for our career. But we also... Uh, right off the bat seemed more focused we instead of saying like oh I, I really like this song let's put it on the record we were more like does this sound like can't swim does this sound like our band can we pull off this live so it was easier and quicker to cut out the stuff that we um didn't feel very connected to you know I, like couple of my demos maybe were a little poppy or a little slow tempo or whatever it was and you know the guys would be like oh you know this is great I, I love this song but it doesn't sound like us in in you know in a packed room playing to kids like this doesn't sound like our band it doesn't it doesn't feel like our band so with this record it was yeah like you said that's the perfect word it was it was definitely more focused and which i think was easier because sometimes if you have no borders around your art it can get pretty outlandish you know it's yeah. it's hard to focus and it's hard to um make a decision when you're just like oh this sounds good let's do this you know so i think with this two won't pass it was it was it was easy i i felt very comfortable i felt very um connected with the songs and picking the 10 that we wanted to put on there was not a battle all of the guys uh kind of had a very similar album track uh album track listing so it was um it was nice. It was. Um, I felt like we we're doing what we were supposed to do, and I feel like this is our most can-swim-sounding album yet. A few of my favourite tracks on the album, uh, one that stood out to me was My Queen. I thought it was a very, very honest track for you, and you, know, you seem to wear your heart on your sleeve, and the fact that you're that honest and let your guard down and kind of you take responsibility for some of your breakups, that's pretty deep and not many people are that willing to share those sort of lyrics and that depth with the world so it's it must be quite a i don't know i don't know how you'd even approach you know writing these lyrics and kind of sharing them with so many people yeah man it definitely has its pros and its cons i definitely agree but kind of like what you're saying before going back to 
what made me fall in love with you know i guess independent music was was the honesty i i loved how relatable all of those bands were when i was growing up and it you know you, you find solace in the fact that uh you know i'm some 18 year old kid going through a breakup for the first time or going through a loss of a family member for the first time and you know you put your favorite records on and, and you realize that this dude was going through it too so with Can't Swim, I've always felt it my duty to kind of write about realistic events that have happened to me, and yeah, you know, they say it's therapeutic to, to make a negative into a positive, and I agree. My queen is definitely very, very personal. It's a very true event, and and it's, it's, it's interesting. Now that I've had such a habit of writing Can't Swim songs, that stuff kind of just comes out whenever the music is 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 coming about so i have a melody in my head or i have a guitar riff in my head and um the more honest the lyric is the more it seems easier to to fit into the music so i guess it's conscious and subconscious it, it, it just kind of comes out whenever i'm writing but yeah it is sometimes pretty vulnerable <laughs> sharing it with thousands of people tracks like sometimes you meet the right people at the wrong time do you get a lot of feedback from people that you meet saying my god you're reading my mind or you know i can't believe how much i can relate to those lyrics because it seems very personal but again i'm sure everyone's been through that certainly yeah i mean i think we even released the song titles before we released the song and i had a few kids come and tell me that that song title was even you know hitting them kind of hard uh yeah i agree i think a lot of people growing up um i've had that feeling in in many ways in romantic ways and in, in regular friendship ways and that song too i, I actually it's funny you picked up on both of those because i think my queen and, and sometimes are probably you know the, the the harder ones to get through um but i like i said that's that's kind of the makeup of what can't swim is and if a kid can relate to it, then I think I did my job. I think that's kind of how I look at it. So how do you find the, the process of obviously writing this record, recording, the long process of finishing it, but then taking it out there and kind of winning people over with these new songs? Because you know what it's like for bands. Everyone wants to hear the singles they've heard off the debut, <laughs> but then you're trying to yeah. get these new songs incorporated into your set. Are they reacting as well as you want? Yeah. You know, it's funny. A couple of days ago, we were, we were talking about that, and... Um, yeah, like I think we were playing Los Angeles, and I think sometimes you meet have only been out for maybe like two weeks, and it was so loud. Like as soon as the first little line comes in, kids were jumping off the stage and, and singing along. So it's a pretty, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I, I love the fact that I get to do Can't Swim in this era because of you know with the internet and how easy it is to stream. You know, I think kids can familiarize themselves so quickly with material that they enjoy. And, you know, we put that, that record out, I don't, even, I don't even think it's been a month. And and the reaction has been so rad and, and so cool. So, uh, yeah, nothing but positivity. I couldn't have asked for better response. And, yeah, in the Can't Swim camp here, we, we've been very happy and, and very excited to play the songs and seeing kids react to them in a positive way has been pretty cool. 
So you guys uh, all grew up uh, in New Jersey. How did you find the scene growing up? Did you always think that you might need to leave and go, you know, into like New York more or try and go out and break break away from the nest? Or did you feel that you were in the right place for your music and your kind of vision of what you wanted for the band? Sure. I mean, Can't Swim started very abruptly and we got a record deal and got, you know, nationwide tours before we even put a song out, which is, is very lucky and, and very blessed. So we have probably played England just as much as we have played New Jersey. We, we don't really have much of a, I don't know, quote-unquote home home base, just because yeah. ever since we started playing shows, they've been all around the world. But growing up, New Jersey, I think, was a fantastic hub of, of you know, every kind of music that you want. And yeah, New York and, and Philadelphia are, are stuck um, only 45 minutes away from where I grew up, so it was um, it was very easy to get into bands and and, and play with play with bands. Um, yeah, I feel very lucky actually. Now that we tour so much in in the middle of the country, and you realize how much New Jersey and New York really have to do with with music, and it was uh, it was very easy for me to find an interest in it because it was so abundant. How do you find touring? I mean, uh, you know, every person wants to be in a band, every person wants to go on stage, <laughs> but the reality of it, it's not always as glorified as we, we general public think. Do you do you enjoy it, or is it very testing at times? I totally agree with that. I definitely think it has a stigma or a shine over it where, like, oh, this is, you know, this is a, a fantasy life. And luckily enough, man, honestly, for me, it's kind of funny to say, but it, it, it is that for me. I, I've always wanted to uh, share my art with people and, and connect with people. But just like anything, it, it definitely has its cons. You know, you, uh, you know, we missed Thanksgiving this year with our families. I've missed countless weddings, birthdays. I might even miss Christmas because of the, the travel time coming home from this tour. So there's a lot of stuff, you know, having a girlfriend, as you can probably tell in my lyrics. Or, uh, yeah. It, it, you know, it is pretty difficult to to get going and, and keep, but it is very lucky. I feel very blessed to do what we do, and um, you know, being something special for a kid, even on a Tuesday night in some backwards middle of nowhere town in some room, and you know, he's singing his heart out or she's singing their heart out, is uh, is very special, and it's 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 something that I hope I get to do for many years to come um but i definitely agree it's definitely not for everybody and there are many other ways to live your life in a rewarding way <laughs> i think kids you know sometimes maybe get into it and realize like hey like why isn't this what i thought it would be it's like why are we sleeping on the floor and i'm going to be 30 years old this year and my back hurts but uh for me it's it's everything i've always wanted and, it, and it's it's very rewarding do you find the way that the music industry has gone that you don't have these massive bands being made overnight like Metallica anymore and you have to tour because of Spotify and all the streaming? There's not this big paycheck? Yeah, man. I mean, every we were talking about this recently as well. Like, every band, it's interesting how they find different avenues. You know, you'll have a band opening a show, getting paid 100 bucks a night, and their merch has, like, you know, this special thing about it and they'll sell five thousand dollars worth of t-shirts a night and the headliner will sell 50 bucks of cds you know so it, it all bands find different ways to be successful but i do think with 
how easy it is to access music, it definitely makes the playing field that more competitive because you can't just have some big-time label put a bunch of money into some good-looking guys or girls and, and expect it to blow up because, you know, a kid can make a song on his laptop, you know, on an airplane and then and have a million streams by the weekend. So it's uh, it, 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 it's very fascinating to me how careers and, and, and bands' longevity kind of uh, get carved out in, in different ways with, with how readily available the Internet is. But with Can't Swim, I think we depend on the live show and connecting with the kids. So we have to tour. You know, there's no... There's no radio hope of you know getting on MTV one day. You know, like we don't we don't ever think that way. You know, we love to tour, and, and it's it's the makeup of what our band is. So it uh, it it it's it's a lot of sleepless nights and it's a lot of backache, but it is what we do. <laughs> now that you're touring and you've obviously shared the the stage with some amazing bands at festivals and events. What's some of the bands that have absolutely blown you away that you've been touring with? I think someone every time somebody asks me that, I, I immediately say Microwave. We have toured with them many, many times, and even last night watching them, it blows me away uh, equally every time. I think he is an incredibly talented, incredibly talented songwriter. I think he's an amazing singer. The rest of the band is uh, playing with such passion every night, and it's... It's very inspiring, which is bizarre to say about my close friends, but um, I think they're an incredible band. Even on this tour alone, there's another band from Australia called Trophy Eyes. Uh, very, very good band. The singer is very theatrical. He's such a performer. It's um, very inspiring to watch. He's he's a great singer, but he also puts on a great show. Um there's been a ton, man. Uh, we, we did a tour with Creeper in England. Awesome. Um, massive shows, but also very similar in my regard, like such a performance. You know, they had lights and actors and actresses. and um, Yeah, it, it's cool when you see punk bands kind of take their art to like the next level. And I think Creeper and Trophy Eyes, and, you know, they really are uh, trying to, you know, do it on a mainstream level, and I think they're doing a great job at it. So, it's yeah, I, I think it's there's a lot of great stuff going on in this scene, and, and I agree. We've we've played with a lot of a lot of talented acts, and it's been it's it makes you feel like you got to get off your ass and, and work hard. <laughs> it's like, damn, look at these guys. We got you know we got to one up them. It's it's a it's a healthy competitive yeah type of feeling. Are there any bands out there that you'd love to tour with that you still haven't that are on the tick list? Ooh, ooh. Um, sure. There's been a couple talks of bands that I grew up listening to. Like, we almost uh, opened up for Thrice, and wow. we got offered to do uh Alkaline Trio show that, that we might get. And we've even toured with Newfound Glory, which was pretty cool. You know, obviously, I grew up in high school listening yeah. to them, and... There's been um, a few bands that I've always looked up to growing up that we've gotten to play with, which is pretty cool. Another perk of doing Can't Swim. I, I want to see Can't Swim and uh, Fries now joint tour, because that would be fucking awesome. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> I, I absolutely love Fries. They are literally, oh God, what a band. Still going strong now. I know, so awesome, man. 
Do you ever feel much pressure as the songwriter? Because obviously it all depends on you. You've done two great albums. You've got your EP. But, you know, there's only so many experiences that you're going to run out of and you're not going to be creating the same <laughs> instances, you know. You're, going to, you're not going to have any more breakups maybe in the next yeah, couple of yeah, years. Yeah. You know, it's funny, dude. That's, it's funny you brought that up. I, I was, a couple of months back, I was, that came up between my mom and I and I was kind of like having a conversation of like, you know, does fucked up things have to happen to artists to make them to make them good you know like am i ever gonna escape this type of thing and and she kind of looked at me and she's like you, you got plenty of shit to write about chris i was like all right i guess you got a point so uh yeah i mean it's been i say this all the time as well like starting this band at 18 years old i definitely would feel that pressure of what you just said it's like hell like what what you know what has even happened to write about like i got an f on my report card like who but now that you know i'm gonna be 30 years old this year you know it's it's been a long life and i've uh you know luckily and not luckily have experienced a ton of different things and made relationships and, and experienced so many different people in my life so i have uh no shortage of of things to write about so it's an interesting concern but i think i have plenty plenty of material in the back so i don't think can swim's done just yet you're quite a um unique band in the way that like you said you had this record deal and you hadn't recorded your album and most bands have got a few eps of their own or they're doing their own thing and trying to build you guys kind of levitated at quite a fast rate yeah what what advice would you give for those bands that are still slaving away and working their ass off and playing the same sort of nightclubs to 50 people tops you know yeah man no i mean uh, you know can't swim was a blessing and, and it started very quickly but i started playing in bands when i was like 13 years old and i have played many many nights in front of five people you know and, and in front of the the other band that played the show so I definitely feel it, and I definitely understand the grind. The only advice I would give, man, is like just to enjoy what you do and and try to surround yourself with musicians that you are inspired by and, and feel proud to make music with because you never know. It could take a couple months or it could take a couple years, but you know you don't want to waste your time doing things with people that you hate and, and, or, or you know performing music that you don't enjoy. I think it's more important to like what you do way before you, you know, have goals of hitting a million streams on Spotify. You know, I don't think that stuff only goes so far. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm very proud of the, the success of what Can't Swim has done, but I'm way more proud and I, I, I find way more enjoyment in making the music with the guys in my band and, and, and getting to hang out with them every day, you know, that's the long haul. That's the stuff that really matters. So even if no one gave a fuck about Can't Swim, you know, I still I still love the songs. I still love the guys in the band. So it, uh, it goes hand in hand. And I think a lot of people get lost in that and they say like oh you know man like i hate these fucking dudes <laughs> like i i hate this music but like you know we got this label looking at us man and it's gonna take off it's like dude it's take it from me like it's not gonna be worth it like even if those 50 people in the crowd turn to 500 people but you're still you know doing the same thing that you, you know you didn't like you're not gonna 
all of a sudden like, oh, I love these guys. I love these songs just because there's more people in the room. You know, I think it's it's more important to enjoy what you do way before, you know, you, you think you can like make a career out of it because it only goes so far. You sound really happy and like, I know it's not an act, you know, you genuinely love this band, you're with band members that you love, it's not a case of you're a manufactured band where you're like, who the fuck are these other guys and, <laughs> you know, you're getting this big paycheck, you're doing it because you want to do it and I'm, I might, you know, I'm not trying to curse you but I'm sure you're going to go on for years and years and keep releasing albums because you've got the right mix, you've swapped instruments, you you know, you, you've but you've got this thing that works now and it, it would be stupid to kind of fuck it up. Yeah, man. You know, like I, like I said again, with my age, like I know how hard it is to have that feeling. You know, I've played in countless bands, man. Like you know, more than I can count, and it's very, very difficult. Yeah. And then I, it's, I'm not saying that can't swim came easy, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm very honored to do what we do because I know how difficult it is. It's like being married. Uh, you know, five different ways, and you're spending 24 hours with your spouse. Like it's 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 not an easy thing to get along with with this amount of people for this long. And I think Can't Swim is stronger than ever. You know, we're we're we're, we're getting along, and and we're happy, and we're proud of each other. So no, you know, man, it's it's. I hope it doesn't come off bregocious or any type of like conceited. I'm not saying we're the best band in the world by any means, but I, I definitely. I'm confident in the fact that we, we really do enjoy this and um, we all are this age and we all know what it's like to make music and, and tour and with Can't Swim it's a luxury man, it feels like vacation and we've been doing it for three years now so this is not no, oh this is my first week on the road, I love these guys, <laughs> like yeah. you know, we, you know we, we've definitely slaved it out and we've had bad nights and we've had bad tours and We've had bad things happen, but it's it's um, it's nothing but rewarding and, and exciting. And every time before we go on stage, I still get the you know the, the the butterflies and the excitement, and you know everybody pumps each other up. So it's uh it's it's very fascinating, and I feel more and more interested in what the future of Can Swim has. It's uh it's all upward momentum. I feel no no regret or you know wanting to go back to a previous life of mine you know i i I love doing can't swim and and i hope we can do it for many more years so what is the plan then are you looking at already starting to demo and start write stuff for album three or you kind of not there yet yeah i'm always writing you know in between these last two tours i think we had three or four weeks off and i uh crept myself up in in an apartment and and wrote some demos and uh, yeah, it's something that I love to do and I enjoy to do. So sometimes, I, you know, it's not like I have this master plan of like, what's LP3 going to sound like? You know, I just like to get my ideas down on paper and, and, and you know, flush them out. So, but yeah, there's definitely been new material buzzing about, you know, sound checks um, or just acoustic guitars in, in green rooms. You know, I'm always trying to stay on top of it uh in a productive manner and just because i you know i enjoy it it's i i still kind of feel new to songwriting so it, it feels fresh to me and i always try to uh try to get better at it and, and practice so yeah definitely definitely always writing 
And 2019 is going to be pretty much the same. Just keep touring, don't have much time off, miss weddings, miss parties, and just yeah, be on the yeah, road. We're, yeah, we're coming over to England in, what was that, I think, uh, April. Um, little time off for the holidays, and then we, we get right back to it. We just put out a new record, so it's time to tour. Hopefully we'll have to catch up, have a beer or something when you're in the UK. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, we're playing all over that place, so I, yeah, let's... let's Let's hang out. <laughs> Sounds good, man. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, it's great talking to you. The new album is phenomenal, and I just I Thank can't you. wait to see it on stage, man. Thank you, man. That means a lot to me. Yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd love to see you at a show. <laughs> so there it is. There's my interview with me and Chris from the band Can't Swim. And again, I can't stress enough, this band are absolutely unbelievable. Go and check out their brand new album, This Too Won't Pass. If you have also listened to their previous work... You'll love it, but I think their new album is, for me, their best work so far, and it's the album that made me discover them. I've been listening to it since, and I fall deeper and deeper in love with it every time I listen. It's on Spotify, you can buy their CDs all online. Check them out, and the best thing is, right now, as you're listening to this, they have announced a UK tour over the next couple of months. So if you are listening and you want to go and check them out, they're a great, great live band. I'm really looking forward to seeing them at 2000 Trees Festival, and also they're playing in my hometown in Leicester. So I'm buzzing to see them a couple of times over the next few months. But there's a lot of dates, so go and check them out, and I think you'll be blown away because of their live performance is absolutely awesome. I want to thank the band for coming on today's episode. It's been a great, great episode, so positive, and it felt like I knew Chris all my life. It's one of those interviews that felt really intimate and just a great, great guy, and I can't wait to have a beer with him in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, please keep supporting this podcast. As you heard, it's now going to be weekly, so if that isn't enough to get you to sign up to Patreon, I don't know what is. But I'm giving away some absolutely awesome prizes at the moment. Tracy's been good enough to donate one of her books, which is hand-signed, with a gorgeous print of John Candy done by a good friend of mine, Craig. We've also got some amazing Funko prizes. We've got T-shirts. Whatever I can get my hands on for you guys on Patreon, I'm actually going to make sure that it goes to you guys straight away. All these cool merch, all these cool Funko Pops, anything I can get you, it will be on there. So you can sign up there as little as $1 a month. And for that, you're getting four episodes of the podcast. So it's like 25 cents, which is about 16p an episode, which isn't bad, I don't think. (laughs) Good value for money. But all the money I make from there goes straight back in, gives me... All the money I make on Patreon goes straight back into the podcast. I don't pay myself. It means I can host the podcast, get it on Spotify, all these different sites, but also travel the UK and get all these interviews because I want to keep them coming on a weekly basis for as long as I can. Also, please check me out on markandme.com. There's my Twitter, my Facebook, my Instagram. I reply to every message and I read everything and love it all. Or drop me an email. I love reading them. Mark at markandme.com. In the meantime, like I said, check out Can't Swim, an awesome band. Check out their new album, This Too Won't Pass. You won't regret it. If you love it, tag them in. Go on Twitter. Let them know you heard them on this podcast. It all helps. And I'll be back in a week's time with a brand new episode. Take care, everyone.
Just like heaven. 